Okay, we are live now on Grit and Grace TV. Let's uh, go on in there and share this out. Yes, share, share, share. We be sharing. We be sharing. Now remember to turn off the audio this time so it doesn't blare. (laughs) (laughs) I've got I've got the tab muted this time, so we're we're I remembered this time. I'm ready to rock and roll. Last time uh, when I did that, I could, I, I was just like, I don't know what I was even thinking. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go over here. Oh, bang. There it yeah, was. <laughs> that's what I do all the time. Oh, we have so many different things to think about. So, but we're good to go now. I've shared it out. All right. Now I'm going to share this to my timeline. Maybe <laughs> if it ever pops up here. And I'm looking forward to getting, I want input from people. I want input from whoever's listening. People are catching the replay well. They can input afterwards, but I'm looking, I'm interested to hear some input from people on communication, whatever kind of communication it is. I want to hear what's tough. And we can offer up a couple suggestions and ideas and maybe a different perspective. And, you know, I've got a couple things written down and I came across this really interesting article about when you come across a problem in a relationship, it can always be shared back to a time that you weren't authentic in your relationship. So that was pretty interesting. And I didn't share that with you, did I? No, you didn't. That article. I'll have to post it on the Facebook page. But it was interesting. It was good. It was, and it was five ways, five signs in your relationship that some point you weren't being authentic in your relationship. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about communication. So I'll post that on our Facebook page and I'll put the link in the show notes everywhere too. Awesome. Well, are we ready to get started? We're ready. Awesome. Well, as you can tell, we are just going live now. Uh, we got done sharing it, so please, while we're doing this, you can go ahead and share this too. You don't have to wait for us to pause or anything like that. Just go ahead and click that share button. It only takes a second, and I promise you, it won't kick you out. It'll bring you right back. You're not going to miss a thing, I promise. And uh, if you do miss something, just ask questions. We love questions, and the more questions you ask, the the better the show is because we love that engagement we love that real time let's dig into this this question and just get the answer out there anyways i am cj ripka and sitting right next to me well not quite right next to me she is in canada of course but it is my co-host or cohort as we like to say lynn burnett lynn how's it going today Hey, awesome. It's rainy, but it's good. I woke up this morning and was like, it's show day. So all good. Always makes it a great day. Show day is always a good day. I love being able to get off work and sit down and just kind of relax. And not only that, it gives me a chance to kind of go out and about and ask some questions from some people. And we got some, I, I was able to get some some answers, which we will cover later on in the show. But for right now, what what is this communication thing all about? That is the biggest pain in the ass, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Go to talk to your partner. <laughs> you know, I think uh, 
if you if you look at relationships in general, because this month we're we're talking relationships. It's wedding month. It's marriage month. Everybody loves to use this month. Now I didn't. I used July, but uh, June seems to be that most popular month. I don't know why. But the most, you know, the first thing that typically breaks down in any relationship seems to be communication, which that it doesn't take long. It really people run out of things to talk about. I th I think it changes when the honeymoon stage is over, and then it turns into whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I ever had a honeymoon stage. I think uh, I think I'm. I think my whole my whole marriage has kind of been honeymoon. So um <laughs> I know, I know. I'm trying to weep brownie from the Give me a give me a break. No, just... <laughs> well, if it is good for you, because I think for some people, yes, it's true. I think for some people, yeah, I think they can keep it going and it's like the honeymoon phase. Not that there aren't rocky times for sure. Every relationship's gonna have some times where you're just like you want to throttle the other person. Um and then you take a break from communicating so that you don't kill them. <laughs> so, you know, but that is the most challenging thing is communication. And that's linked to every single thing in your relationship. Parenting can be tough. If you don't communicate about parenting, sex, which is, I think, one of the most important things, if not the important thing in a relationship. Um, money. I mean, it affects everything. Our show last week, we were talking about uh, things that you should talk about in the beginning of a relationship. Money is a big one. Sex, how you're going to parent, uh, things that you're going to do. Uh, what are your future plans? So, I mean, if the communication isn't good, your whole relationship is a struggle. So, but how do you do it? Like, and everybody's different, right? Like, so yeah, how do you do it? I think a lot of cu uh, couples, when in the beginning, they're talking to each other, kind of getting to know each other. They're, you know, there's always these stories that they tell tell each other about, you know, when they were kids or when they were in high school or when they were in college. You know, all these stories come out, but after a while, those stories run out, and they then you start having to uh, talk about the things that are happening in your everyday life. And typically, what I find is, you know, spouses don't always. You know, they're not interested in maybe what you do or or maybe you're not interested in what they do. And that's it's really hard to find some kind of common ground other than children. Children seem to be the most common ground where where communication happens pretty easily. But outside of children, when when you start talking about sex, when you start talking about um, other people and things like that, it's it really becomes difficult to be able to carry those conversations without the other person kind of tuning out, I think. I think, yeah, I think it becomes, it, it becomes automatic conversation. How was your day? What happened at work? Do you know what Bobby did today? You know, Susie was, you know, Susie didn't get invited. Susie got ignored, you know, and it's, oh, this bill came in. And it's just surface communication. And everything becomes automatic in your day. And then you become like robots. And you don't get into the meat of the communication. Like, what are your dreams now? Especially if you've been together for a while. You change. You evolve. And so your dreams change. Your goals change. Like, what do we want to do? And what's going on? And, hey, do you want to try something new? So 
I mean, I think you have to be aware that it's time to, we need to talk about us and how are you feeling and, and we just kind of think that we know the cues from our partner and what they're thinking by the look on their face, how many times they roll their eyes, you know, like whether they sigh or, you know, whatever the case may be, we, we seem to think that we know what they're feeling and, but maybe it's, and maybe they are feeling a particular way, but maybe it's a new feeling and it's not good. You know, and I think a lot of people lose their identity to some degree over time as well. Um, you know, some people, maybe you've got one, one person in the relationship that's, that really kind of caters to the other person. They kind of lose their, their identity over time. So they really don't know what to talk about with the person. They don't know how to approach a, a conversation with them and, and with, with their own agenda. I mean, and when I say agenda, I don't mean like you know, their hopes and dreams and stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so I think some of that kind of plays into it as well, where, where you have one, one person that's maybe out doing a, a job and that they, their whole universe is, a, is focused onto that career path. And then the other person is just along for the ride. And that person who's along for the ride, I think, has a hard time relating to the things that are going on into, into the other person's life to where they can engage in any kind of conversation whatsoever. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's usually the woman because she's the one that's, you know, primarily with the kids and being the mom and chauffeuring them around and dealing with appointments and paying the bills and running the house. I think it's usually the woman that loses herself. And, yeah, I think you're right. And, again, it all comes back to communication. So so what's your – are you – are you and guys are typically the ones that don't really want to talk, especially about feelings. But you, being such an evolved man, are <laughs> you a talker? <laughs> like, what's your style? Because everybody's different, right? Like, what's your style? You know, I, I guess I've never been you – know, I, I try to start conversation uh, a lot of times. So when I come home from, from work or whatever, I'll, I'll go and I'll see my wife. And that's usually where we kind of try to catch up on what happened during the day. Uh, we don't we don't send each other a lot of text messages or, or a lot of phone calls during the day because I'm not in a in a career field where I can really spend a lot of time doing those kind of things. So typically, I'll come home and I'll, I'll ask her how she's feeling because she's she has a disability and a lot of times she's not feeling very well. So I'll ask her how she's feeling, and that's kind of how we start the conversation. And then from there, we I kind of gauge, you know, where, you know, how much more she really wants to say, and you know, how much more time she wants to spend with me. Usually, usually it ends like uh, I'm trying to sleep now. I don't feel well. Go away. So, but uh, I was all joking. Aside, but you don't have a problem talking. You don't have a problem talking. No, I I really don't. Um, That's awesome. When it comes to the day to day stuff, now there's. There's so many different areas of communication, though. Um, you know, people people break down in different areas, and that can cause problems as well. Uh, you know, for example, a lot of lot of guys they they want to go out and they want to hang out with their buddies, but they've had bad experiences in the past, so maybe they don't put it, you know, quite honestly. You know, they'll say, "Hey, I'm going to go out with with Joe today," 
well, what are you guys going to do? I don't know. We're going to go fishing. When really what they're going to do is they're going to go hang out at some tavern and have, have a few beers and, you know, just talk shit between each other. That's, you know, there's, there's a lot of that kind of communication going on in relationships, which ends up breaking down the relationship over a long yeah. period of time. But you know what? I think that is because, okay, that comes from a lot of times men, you guys will assume that we'll be pissed off. So then you make a story and then we find out your story is not true. And then we get pissed off. And then it's the, but I just wanted to go out with my buddies. The problem isn't going out with your buddies. The problem is, is and how you relayed the story. Yes. So if any ladies are watching, I want you, if you agree that this has happened, say yes. Because that has come up with us a lot. It's like, I don't have a problem that you stopped in and you ran into so-and-so and you went and had a beer. It's that you lied and you told me you were doing something else. So you make me look like I'm controlling or don't want you to do anything or see a friend or whatever the case may be. I think there's assumption there, right? And again, communication. Yeah, it, it's that breakdown, though. It's that trust. And really, that's what it kind of all boils down to is when you open up those lines of communication, you need to trust one another. You need to feel that the other person is going to receive your message and be able to relay their message back to you in a way that you are understanding it. It's, it's really that it's an art form. I mean, it's not just so much, you're not talking at somebody. You're just not putting things out there. So you're just sending a message. They need to receive it. They need, you need to make sure they understand the message that you're trying to send to them. First of all, I yeah. think a lot of times there's, there's that perception, uh, that perception factor, what you perceive may be different than what I'm trying to, what I'm intending for you to understand. So, totally. well, until you've, you know, asked the questions to clarify whether or not they understand it, you really got to, you've really got to spend a little bit of time with each other to try to find out whether or not they're really understanding what it is that you're trying to say to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone's whistling at you, CJ. I know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of them. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think there's a lot of assumption made. We think we know our partner so well and exactly what they're thinking and all that. And, and so it becomes automatic and we don't listen because we think we've already got it all. And like you said, that trust factor, you have to trust. Absolutely. You know, it, it, the funny thing is, is most great communication in any relationship happens after a fight. And usually those fights happen because of a breakdown in communication. I mean, how many times have you fought with, with somebody and then after the fight is kind of calmed down, you kind of gone your different ways, you come back together, you've had some of the most eye-opening conversations in those moments. But we should have, right. have those conversations at any time. Why is it that we can't seem to have those conversations? What is it? Is it frustration? Is it fear? Is it... Is there something else? Maybe you're not understanding what they're talking about, so you don't know when you're supposed to uh, when it's okay to talk to them about certain things. I mean, why are are people so strong on not being able to communicate effectively with their partners? 
You're, well, like anything in life, right? The cr- after the crash is always like the best time in anything in life. Hitting bottom is always we're more open to receiving and listening. And yeah, best conversations ever after you have a massive blowout and you've like thrown some dishes. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> never, I suppose, no. Um, I've never done that either. Um, usually, well, because I know if I threw dishes, it would cause a bigger fight. So I, I, I leave the dishes alone. I, I learned that the hard way, but I leave the dishes alone now. But, uh, you know, in fighting, uh, you know, we got to understand uh, something here. Fighting is not necessarily always a bad thing. Sometimes, sometimes those fights now obviously if you're fighting over something uh, serious uh, that that is literally a relationship ending event that's a different topic but there are some fights that you have that really need to happen because it's it's showing you that you're not communicating correctly um and when you're able to fight that's when those things come out that's when the real issues come out or the real wants or needs or or desires come out I, I know of uh, several times where, uh, you know, in the past where there was there were times where, where like me and my wife, we weren't really all that intimate because we were just missing each other. I was working at a weird uh, hours. She was working at weird hours. And that uh, that uh, um, uh, frustration, for lack of a better word, that that just it just built up. And then after a while, it became to a point where, well, why are we not doing this? I mean, what's going on? Is there someone else? Is this happening? And it's just it's one thing after another. Well, without the fight that came from that, we would not have been able to discover that, you know, there's, yeah, there's nobody there. We do love each other. And well, of course the makeup sex was amazing. So sometimes fights can be a good thing. Yeah. You're totally right. It's that, that, that is absolutely it. When you have a fight, it's usually it, you've had enough and you're ready. You need to erupt, right? You need to get that out. You need to communicate. Oh, yeah. You know, with my ex-husband, we had a fight once. In the 12 years we were together, we had one fight. Um, and it was like a hell of a fight. But we were really both really good at communicating. So that was awesome in everything, like everything. And, you know, we were together young. So that's really kind of odd. But so now, and with my husband now, man, I've never fought so much in a relationship as I have in this one. But I don't know. Maybe it's, we're both stubborn. And I think my ex-husband wasn't nearly as stubborn as I was. But my husband now, like, we are extremely stubborn. So I think that's the difference. And, uh, yeah, but it definitely is. You reach that point where you need to talk, where you, you're not. So something needs to happen. And it usually stems from fear. You're afraid of being left. You're afraid of somebody else. You're, you know, it usually will come from a fear. Are you familiar with, because this is a big talk and it's been around for a long time that book the five love languages no i've, I've never heard of it Not, you've never heard of it no, never uh-uh. oh, okay this is perfect then so i can't remember who wrote the book i have the book on my bookshelf well i'm not going to dig it out now 
So according to this book, and this is really great because it really gives you some great insight. And for anybody who's watching or listening uh, that hasn't read the book, I highly recommend it. There is a quiz at the back that you can take. But it spells out that we communicate differently in different ways according to the way that we feel loved. Now, a lot of times, um, yeah, I know, I don't doubt you read it, <laughs> Angela. Um, it's, it's a really good book and there's five different love languages and a lot of times we will show love and communicate in the way that we like to receive it, but it may not be the way that your partner can receive it and, and know that they're loved. So I'll quickly run through them and maybe you can see, I find generally men a certain way and usually for men it's words of affirmation is their love language. They like to hear that, you know, thank you and, you know, thank you for all that you're doing for us and I respect you and things like that, right? But so there's words of affirmation. It's sending notes to each other. It's phone calls. It's, you know, saying these words that affirm that you mean the world to me and that I love you and that you're everything and you're my rock and my hero, right? The next one is acts of service. And that is, I'm big on that one. If you come and do something with me or you help me out or you do something for me or even if it's, you know, you brush the snow off my windshield or you put air in my tire. For me, that's my love language. That's like, wow, that's how I know I'm lo I feel loved, right? And a lot of times for women because, hey, you see those memes all the time out there, right? That uh, if you see a man, like that one you posted on our wall about I know what a woman wants for me to drag her to bed while she takes a nap and I do the dishes, right? Like that's... Yeah. You do something for us, that's a huge thing for a lot of people. It's acts of service. Then there's physical touch. So Angela says, I love words and my partner loves acts of service. Yeah. And so then there's physical touch. You know, is it the hand on the back? Is it always holding the hand? Is it, you know, touching your hair? Is it rubbing your shoulder? You know, all those different things. Um, oh, let's look at this. Read it, CJ. All right. He said, uh, Todd says, one of the biggest problems I have experienced and observed is why men and women age. Women continue to make new friends after the age of 35, while men seem to become less social and keep a smaller, closer group of friends. Therefore, I don't want to do a lot of the same things that my wife does. That's true. I think that's true for a lot of people. You know, and I think that's uh, because of those differences, things like that, it, it really makes it easy for communication to break down because, trust me, guys don't necessarily want to hear about what Sandy and Marge are doing down at the salon. It, we don't care. Um, but at the same time, even though we're, we're not paying attention to you gossiping about what Marge and Sue and Sandy and all these gals are doing, you go out on a, on a ladies night with your friends and you start talking about the juicy crap that you guys are talking about. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to listen a little bit. So it's, it's not necessarily, we don't want to know what's going on. We're just very particular about what uh, information we're pulling in. 
So that's 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 kind of how that goes. Now, the same goes for women, though. That's I go, interesting. I go out with on a motorcycle ride with my buddies, and my wife doesn't care about what we did, where we went, and all that kind of stuff. I can say, hey, yeah, we went through the canyon, and we did this, and we did that. She goes, mm-hmm, okay. It, it, it doesn't matter to her. Yeah. So, those those types of things. Now, if I said something like, yeah, we went out for a ride and then we stopped at the strip club. Okay, now her ears are up. Maybe not because she's interested for the same reason why the guys are interested, but her ears are open. They're like, okay, mm-hmm, what did you do? You know, so <laughs> uh-huh. there's a different there's a there's a difference in what women and men feel is important in communication, what topics are more important than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. To go to what Todd said, too, I think um, with women and the way we age, I think because I think when you have children, our lives change dramatically compared to our husband. Their life pretty much continues the same. They oh, go off to work. No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, come on. Um, um, quite say not for not all men, not all men. There's lives dramatically change on both sides of the fence. Oh, absolutely. But I think for women, there's so much. There's there's that much more responsibility because we are the nurturers and we tend to be there most of the time. And I think it gets to a point where we we want to bust out. Like, but men, it's been really the cook. Play gym. It's it's hard to be playful all the time after you've gone to work. And I'm just teasing. I'm just. (laughs) I I know what you're saying, though. It you are you're you're absolutely right. The mother always takes on that nurturing role, and she has a lot of responsibilities that men don't usually take on, like taking the kids to school, uh, making sure that they're they're doing homework and things like that. So. Well, and I think for a lot of times the men are outside of the house all day and the moms are at home all the time and our world is small. So we need to have that social interaction. We need to go out and have those girls nights. We need to, because we need to um, talk to another adult again. And even if you're a mom and you work, when they're young, you're around them a lot. But even if you do go out and work, you're out at work and a lot of times... You know, if there's something you got to run to school and you got to have the parent teacher meetings and you have to, and we just, and we need that more. I think men are um, satisfied with simpler things. I think they're happy to just, you know, come home and sit on the couch and, and just tune out their work day. And they're, they're happy to know that they're there with their loved one and they've got all their, they need. And I, I think for a lot of women, it's it's that needing to like be with some other adults and not and to broaden themselves. It's a real struggle for women when they're children. I mean, I'm not at that point, but I have a lot of friends who've become empty nesters. You know, I've got a few more years left with my son, but they struggle. Like they really struggle because that has been their world, and then they're left with, "Who am I?" Like, like. I'm not just a mom now or so-and-so's mom. Like, who am I? I've been cooking and cleaning and taking care of my family. Now, who am I? So I think it's because the women really need that. So, yeah, we do age differently that way. And I, and I see that a lot right now, especially with... Because you're getting know, older. 
Well, not so much that. We're getting older. So the communication like me and my wife have been having recently is my daughters are within the next three years. They'll be, both be out of the, out of the house. They'll, my youngest daughter will be going to college in, after three years. And that hit my wife really hard uh, recently. The fact that my oldest daughter just went to visit her, her school she's going to next year, uh, SDSU uh, in, in Brookings, she, she broke down. And we've been having this conversation about possibly bringing another child into the house. So now she, you know, some people call it baby fever. I call it insanity. But uh, yeah, so um, it's it's one of those things where, you know, women, some women, like, like my wife, they identify with themselves with being a mother. And that's what they know. That's what they enjoy. And that's who they are. And uh, that, so the communications that go with that, that's, that's huge. Personally, I am not the guy at 42 years old that wants to be a father and who's graduating a kid at 60, 70 years old. That's not what I want. However, she is in that mode where, and so we've been talking a lot about these things so far, no more children, but not I would since. never be in that mode again. Once good, <laughs> would no, never. I will, but I will say this though. I know that's who she is. I know that's what she identifies with. And I know that means a lot to her. So, so do a lot. That's not unusual at all. At right. all. So yeah. as her husband, I am more likely to say, you know what, if this is what is going to make you happy, I am going to be happy being a father of whatever, you know, another baby. That being said, it still hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Just adopt like a 10 year old and then you've only got him for about eight years. Yes, I know, Angela, it was hard for you. I have so many friends that became empty nesters, and it was so, so tough. And here I am talking to my son going, if you ever want to have a, the life that you want, you need to leave Nanaimo. You need to move out of the city. You cannot stay here. And he's going, why? I'm like, because you will never accomplish what you want to accomplish here. You need to leave. Leave. Like, I want you to accomplish what you, why you're here. It's not to be my buddy till I die. Like, you need to go and live your life now, right? Like, I do everything, everything for you my, are my number one. But, um, yeah, I know for a lot of people that's really, really tough. And my heart breaks for them because they're so lost. And, I mean, it's an important job. I mean, it's a freaking tough, important job. And... You know, just think of times in your life where you've been fired from a job or laid up and you're just like, oh, that was my whole job. Or men who retire, right? Like, they are lost. I mean, that's, for a man, that's their identity is what they do and their work. And they seem to struggle after they retire. Oh, it's the same with being a mom, right? Like, I've put my whole life into the, this person and now you're gone and I'm not sure how to function, right? So... Anyway, I want to finish the last two love languages. All right, Did you see yourself yet? Did you Say see that. yourself in them yet? Acts of yeah. service, words of affirmation, physical touch. Then there's receiving gifts. 
So for some people, they know they're loved if they get gifts, and that doesn't mean you have to buy a diamond ring or anything like that, you know, all the time, or big expensive gifts. It's little gifts, little tokens of things, little, and I know, Angela, you get lots of little tokens from your man. And then the last one is quality time. Spend that quality time together. Plan little things. If our partner plans little special outings or special dates that we don't know about. And I know a lot of times a lot of women will wish that their partner would plan a date or plan something and surprise us. So so that's, that's the five love, love languages. And I know we tend. So what do you think you might be? How do you feel loved and how do you receive it? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I didn't hear the book. there that I really f- fell into. No? No, no, because I don't need to be, you know, aff- affirmations. It, okay, I guess they're cool, but it's not something that I need to hear all the time. Well, you uh, have a love language. I guarantee it. You well, do, probably, because everybody does. How do you know you're loved? How do you know? How do you feel loved? Because she hasn't packed my stuff and put it out in the front. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good one. I've got a, gra- a good graphic. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page, and you have a look, and it's and it has all it has great information on it. And see what one resonates, and then everybody who's watching or listening can go to the Facebook page and look at it and learn because it's really important. And that made a big difference for me. My love language is not the way I need to give it. Because my partner's love language is different, and when I when he gives it in the way that works for him, and it comes to me, it just like it bounces off of me. It's like yeah, okay, it does nothing for me, but I know it's everything for him because that's his love language, right? Makes a huge difference. I'm telling you, I'll post it on the Facebook page. Have a you look. Know, you know, maybe in you know, I just don't know. I I don't know enough about each of those five languages. I'll post the thing. I I live here. I I'm good here. That's me. So that's probably what it's all about. But um, you know, there's there's one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on tonight, and (laughs) and here's the reason why I wanted to touch on this is because thanks, Angela. Yeah, so many people when I when I ask around uh, where people are having the most trouble with communication. You can about guess where that's at. In the bedroom. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but for some reason, anytime, well, you, I ask people, where do you have, where do you see yourselves having the most trouble communicating? And the first thing they say, bedroom. And it was like si- simultaneous. Every couple I asked, it was simultaneous bedroom. You know, it's talking about sex. Talking about, you know, getting intimate, you know, whatever, whatever it was, it all came back to the bedroom. And, you know, a couple of, couple of them, when they said that, I said, well, maybe you need to take it out of the bedroom, you know, go to the living room, maybe the kitchen, wherever. But the problem they all seem to say, uh, have was they don't know how to start the conversation. The hardest thing for them to do was to start the conversation about their sex lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's fear, right? Fear of rejection. You and I have talked about this a lot of times in in talking about the show and preparing for the show. And yeah, I think it's fear, fear of rejection. Um, yeah. And it's so unfortunate because 
it could be like even more amazing even more amazing i mean that is the that spiritual connection to each other is 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 your sex life is that connection that and and when you don't talk about it i mean it could be even more amazing now i don't struggle in that area whatsoever like have you that, ever though no never in any of your relationships have you ever had a problems telling your your partner that you want this or you want to try that not never huh never i like it like this let's do that hey let's try this go get a chair no i've never had no i never have at all when i was younger i had a lot of tra- in fact there's still certain things to this day that it's it's not so much that I can't talk about it. It's more or less that I really don't want to talk about it. And it has nothing to do with sex exactly. It's kind of the, the lead up to it's, you know, cause you want to be able to talk to them and find out when is it okay? What times is anytime, anytime. Okay. <laughs> but there are certain things that, that people have. I mean, there's each relationship develops its own dynamic over, yeah. over years. Um, yeah. I've been 17 years and in 17 years, there's a whole lot of dynamics, but at the same time, there's certain things that happen in a relationship that really start not necessarily closing the doors of communication, but they just narrow them up a little bit. Like what? For, so for example, guys that struggle with ED or, or other sexual performance, anxiety problems and stuff like that when those things happen, you know, it's not that they're afraid of rejection or they're afraid of what their wife will think. It's they're, they're more afraid of, I, I don't even know if it's a fear. It's more of an embarrassment, I guess. It's just a, a feel of inac- uh, inadequacy and things like that. I think it's a fear. It's a fear that your partner would, I would think isn't going to look at you the same way. Sure. Sure. But, there's there's those types of communication now like for in my situation where when i'm trying to talk to my wife and say you know i just don't feel like it it's not that I, it's not like i don't want it for you know when when it happens you know when when i want sex i want sex they're just at different times than what she does so you to, mean there's times you don't oh yeah absolutely really absolutely it's not it's it's wow. a, person doesn't have to have or want sex all the time so yes there are Why? certain things i just don't it's yeah i don't know there's other things on my oh, mind it's just odd for a guy that's all it's it is now my 20 year old self would be doing he would have said the exact same thing you just what what do you mean we don't want sex when you're 42 uh that that person he yeah he died at a, he died somewhere a long time ago yeah but yeah, no, there's there's a lot of things. I mean, stress becomes a problem. Um, you know, stress from work or stress from bills, whatever it is, stress becomes a problem. And it's just like, you know, I don't want to think about that right now. All I want to do is concentrate on solving this problem so I can reduce that stress. Well, you know, that example that you gave about, you know, erectile dysfunction, that could be... That could be other things too. And that's why it's so important to talk because uh, that is something that 
I experienced in my first marriage. And that was very odd. It was like something that all of a sudden was starting to happen. And it was like, what is going on? Like, like, have I lost my powers? Like, what the hell? Like, yeah, what is going on? Your ability to turn yeah. around. And it's like, okay, this has never happened. Like, what? Like, what's going on? And right away, you know, it was like, so I didn't have a problem saying, what's up with this? Like, why, 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 why is this happening? Like, what's going on? And it was like, well, I don't know. And, you know, we were both sort of so luckily because we, we both didn't have an issue talking about things um, that we could both go, like, what the hell's going on? Well, then I find out he was out of town working a lot. And I heard that he wasn't exactly being faithful. I don't know that for sure, but that was a rough patch that we were going through. And I mean, it was, it was about a year after that, that, well, no, a little bit longer that he did end up leaving. But I did hear that at that time there was some things going on and our relationship was strained and it had never been. And then that started happening. And I had heard that that is a sign that, you know, maybe, maybe your partner's having an affair. Now, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's a medical thing, but this is why it's so important to talk. And I didn't know that at the time. So yeah. there's a personal story. I just got really personal. Yeah, and, you know, guys, <laughs> if if that is a problem that you're having, if you do have that as uh, ED as, as a problem, go get checked out by your doctor chances are it's a good it's a good sign that either you may have a prostate cancer or maybe you have a heart disease um you know those are those are some serious uh conditions so you know yeah. ED the cause of death no well the death of your sex life but it's not it is a very good indicator that there's something going on that you need to get checked out it's extremely extremely serious uh -huh. but, but uh yeah. Yeah, um and you know stress you know obviously stress is one of those things that people experience on a day-to-day -day basis everybody has stress whether it's it's because of kids or whether it's because of work or maybe it's just something that's completely just out of right field you know so-and-so's dog got ran over i don't know whatever's causing you stress learn some ways to manage that stress because if you don't manage that stress that is another uh form that that over time that will cause you to break down your communication habits with the people around you what's it say <laughs> you're right Alin. yes yes you know what you're absolutely right and yeah Sometimes, guys, you don't have to feel it. Just, you know, women don't always feel like it, but they do it anyways. So, guys, when you don't feel like it and they do, do it anyway. Trust me, you'll really, really. That's right. How they treat you after you've done something for them. That's even though right. You didn't want to. Anyhow. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Communication, really. It just so so important like so so important and yeah it can be very vulnerable you could be you know you're you're i think at any time doesn't matter how long you've been together it's vulnerable when you're going to communicate how you're feeling it's something i've found which has worked very well and i've suggested this with clients that i work with um 
is to, if it's difficult to talk, because sometimes it is, you're both sitting there, you both know that you need to talk, who's going to start first, you don't know how to say it, and it can get difficult. So what I've suggested to clients sometimes is keep like a joint journal and write in there how you're feeling. Because it's, sometimes it's a lot easier if you're by yourself and you write. What is it that you're having a problem with? What is it that you're struggling with? Leave it in a spot and, for your partner. Put it on the, their side of the bed so that they can read it and they can process it and that they can respond rather than react. Because a lot of times that's what we tend to do, right? It's that it's a button will get pushed and we react. And we say something and we can't take things back that we say and even if you know you apologize that person has heard it and that person has in internalized it somehow I think there was a movie that did that I never did see it but I think there was a movie the war room I always meant to see that I think that I think in that movie that is similar to that but I've always suggested that to clients is if you have a hard time talking and you don't know how to articulate sometimes you get nervous you can't say things properly. It doesn't come out right. Keep a joint journal and just when it shows up on your bedside, you know your partner's written something and you read it and you process it and you write back. And that can help make it easier to start talking. So for anybody that's watching that's struggling with communication, like try that. Here's another um, distractor, right? These things. How often are you sitting at the house and you just sit there and you're on your phone, your spouse is on their phone, your kids are on their phone. <laughs> I know it happens in my house a lot. A lot. So yeah, if yeah. you just have to be on your phone, put it to good use. Send your spouse a text. You know, whether dirty text or flirty text. Make whatever. selfie. Yeah, well, <laughs> careful. Um, you, never know how, you never know how that can get used against you. In the, yeah. So, um, but yes, the phone is one of the biggest killers of communication these days. Uh, you know, if, if you have to use it, just put it to good use. You know, send your spouse a text. Send her a meme. Uh, send him a, a some kind of a meme. It, it's... You know, those type of things will go a long ways in opening up other lines of communication as well. Um, maybe you're at work and you want to have a you know, conversation about something when you get home. I'll just throw a heads up, you know, hey, when I get home, let's talk about this. Please remind me. Do it in a way that, you know, it's going to open up that communication. If it's something that's awkward, that's a really good tactic to use. Uh -huh. I, if it's going to be an awkward conversation, I'll send my wife a text a couple hours beforehand because that usually gives her a chance to kind of prepare herself. So when I'm talking to her, it doesn't seem like it just came out of right field. That's, uh -huh. um, that, that's probably saved my butt a lot. <laughs> there was an <laughs> article that I saved. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Use it for good. Send, you know, a little message, just checking in, love you, you know, a meme, whatever. Um, there was an article that I was reading that um, was about you you think something about you think you're not cheating but you do every day and it had to do with the phones and I oh I just like quickly uh, skimmed it but that's basically what is it what it was about is you're putting your attention somewhere else 
rather than focusing on the person that's right there that you should be having those conversations with that could be enriching your lives, that you could be, you know, creating those dreams, future dreams together, that you could be, you know, whatever the case may be, having a more spectacular sex life or saving for the things that you wanted to save for, like whatever the case may be. You have to communicate. You just have to communicate and find the way that works for you. Maybe it's not talking. Maybe it's joint journaling, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be, got to talk. And if you don't know what to say, just flirt with them. You'd be surprised <laughs> on how well that works. Just go I thought you were going to say something yeah. else. What did you think I was going to say? Well, actually, I thought you were going to be all serious and say, and if you don't know what to say, just say that. I don't know what to say, but I love you and I want to talk. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying if you don't know what to say, just flirt with them. You'd be surprised where the conversations go then. Okay, that doesn't work for me. That pisses me off, actually. I hate that when I'm serious and I want to have a conversation and you're, like, trying to hug me and kiss me. I could, like, throat punch you. That okay. does not work for me. <laughs> okay, so that's like flirting to get yourself out of a conversation. <laughs> no, I'm talking about if there's you're sitting there, she's sitting there, and you don't – you want to have a conversation. Oh, okay. you something together you don't know what to say just first yes. it'll it'll start a conversation yeah. you're right you're absolutely yeah, right get out of a conversation though yeah you'll get throat punched yeah you know oh yeah is. yeah yeah because then you just feel disregarded and that's all you want me for is sex and, and that's all you want is sex and, and, and. wait a minute wait, <laughs> whoa, whoa, stop go back type whoa stop <laughs> okay so the person that says you don't want sex sometimes it says you don't want all you want me for is sex what the hell what? Are you trying to say what what are you communicating to me right now lynn no when i want to be serious and talk because i like to talk too <laughs> then i want to talk Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's such a dance between two people isn't it it is it is a very well well, it's pretty awkward dance a lot of times, but if you can be awkward together, hey, at least you'll kind of be in your own tunes and your own step, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where can people go to find out more about what's going on with Grit and Grace TV? So they can go to our website. We have a resources tab, and if there's certain things that we mention or if we have downloads of exercises, um, we put them on our website. So check back regularly, uh, gritandgracetv.com. Um, that's where you can also ask us a question. If there's something, maybe you're struggling with how to approach a topic, a communication with your partner, or you're having a disagreement and you want some outside perspective, whatever it is, you can ask us a question on our website too. Just click on the ask a question tab. It's totally anonymous. We won't know who you are and, um, and we'll give our, our experience or insight. Maybe we've had a client that struggled with the same thing. If you're struggling, someone else has struggled and chances are, um, we know somebody or we've gone through it ourselves. So please do that. Hey, Dr. Bronze. That's my life coach instructor. 
Thank you so much. Great to see you. And, uh, yeah, gritandgracetv.com as well, our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash gritandgracetv. We're on YouTube, so if you subscribe to us on YouTube, you'll never miss one of our episodes. And uh, you can find us on iTunes. We are just now approved by iTunes, and you can come uh, check us out there. We'd really appreciate if you uh, would subscribe or, you know, give us a rating and review and on our Facebook page too, right? We're up to seven reviews on our Facebook page. In fact, I want to, before we, before we really drop out of here, I want to go over there and I want to read some of these reviews and say thank you to these people because they took their time. Time is the most valuable commodity that we have. And when you share a little bit of your time with me or, or with us to write a review, Thank you very oh. much. A lot. It really does. I get excited. I get excited. I message CJ. We got a review. We got a review. You got to go read it. <laughs> so as that's yeah. oh. you know, one of the one of the coolest things about the Facebook group is there's so much in interaction. There's so much engagement that from people all the time. Uh, there's things going on. You know, there will be a new message or a new resource posted here and there. And Lynn, she does a wonderful job at keeping that updated on a consistent basis. So thank you, Lynn, for uh, picking up all that slack for the most part. I try to get in there as often as I possibly can, but it's not, unfortunately, not as often as I'd like. So I'd like to, I would like to say thank you to Harold Ray. Thank you for your review. Marine, uh, is that Maria Schmidt? Angela Roots? Yeah, she's watching. Sweet. Angela, thank you. You're awesome. Stephanie Leach, thank you. Janet Gilmore, thank you for your review. Huge supporters. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you to Stacy for giving us that five star. I know you haven't written your review yet, and I'm sure that's coming soon. I'm going to put you on the spot. I can do that because you're my sister and your birthday's coming up. So you don't get your birthday present until we get our review. Oh, I like that. Right? Oh, I like that. (laughs) But yes, thank you each and every one of you for uh, showing up tonight. We appreciate all the feedback that we got. And wow. Wow. And adding to the conversation and because that's why we're doing this. And, um, we, yeah, this is why we're doing it. We want to, someone has a thought, someone else is thinking it too. You know, we're, you're not alone in your thoughts and your feelings. So join the conversation and people do. And that's, that is so fantastic. The comments that people leave and how they're sharing. And I, I love seeing that it means a world to us. So until next time, talk, talk, talk. And if you yeah, talk three yeah. times, listen six. You got two ears, only one mouth. There's a reason for that. So until next time, you don't have to be perfect to be that perfect solution. Hey, peace and stay wild, people. Bye.